are back. This is my Thai happy hour. We are in your face. We are in your earballs. We are in the world of... We're recovering from the world of professional wrestling right now. Woo! It has been an amazing, amazing last couple days for me and Hambone, and we are excited to be back. I would like to apologize to everybody profusely for last week because I had a surprise adventure. Surprise adventure into the world of Chicago as we launched 5G. Verizon launched the first 5G network in the world. Yeah, you did. And uh, it was very exhausting. I bet. It was a whirlwind trip for you. Uh, absolutely. Well, a whirlwind. We only went to one place, but it was exhausting. Couldn't whirlwind also mean like yeah, you were in and out like one day? No, it's not like ham-fisted. Jesus you can't. George. You gotta know your word. You gotta know your definition. Doesn't you mean what you think it means. It does mean what you think it is. It does. It absolutely Completely does. Different. Both words. Both words mean the same thing. I'm not talking about fisting or ham-fisting. That's the joke I make. The other George. one is just, um, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I, uh, I want you, first of all, to let us know what we're going to talk about today. I want to know everything in detail. What are we speaking about today? So today, we are going to talk about the... <laughs> Are you okay? I just, I just, my, my brain just. Ham fisting. It's George. Let's try this one more time. So I'm not editing this though, so you're gonna just be choking I'm, on air. I'm just choking on air. Hambone, what are we gonna talk about today? So today we are going to give our WrestleMania weekend recap. We're also gonna talk about the new season, which is technically part two of season one of Sabrina, and we're gonna talk about the tick. My first thoughts on season two. We're also gonna talk about the penis party that you dragged me to. Well, that's part of the WrestleMania recap. I can't wait to discuss this because I have not had your sober reactions to that yet. Oh, it's good. Ah, uh, so first of all, Hambone, I think we need a cocktail. Yes, we do. So initially, last week was going to be right around April Fools, and I was going to do a mocktail as a joke. As you know, I've never pulled an April Fools joke in my entire life. Never. I felt like it's a little on the nose because people would expect it from me because I was born on April Fools Day, April first. So I was going to do a mocktail, but you know, the ship has sailed on that. What I want to do for the month of April is I want to do the classics. In over a hundred episodes, of course, we're going to have to do some of the original recipes that we've done once or twice. For my birthday recipe, I want to talk about my favorite drink. We're going to do the Mai Tai. But which classic? Do you do the original Don the Beachcomber? Do you do the the Trader Vic's version? Which one do you actually do? The original 1944 recipe. The one that everyone is built off of. Okay. And this one... People will fight you on that, you know. They might fight me on it, but it's actually called the original 1944 recipe. <laughs> so we have one ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice. As there is no half measures, nor should there be when you're making a tiki cocktail, fresh squeezed lime juice all day. So one ounce of that. We're going to do a half ounce of orange carousel, which this is what you're going to need it for if you're going to have it in your bar, folks. We're going to do a half ounce of orgeat. Wouldn't you also do, don't you also include it in the Blue Hawaii, or is that Blue Curacao? Blue Curacao. Ah. Right. Uh, so a quarter ounce of orgeat, a quarter ounce of simple syrup, one ounce of Myers dark rum. Always, always recommend Myers dark rum. And an ounce of Martinique rum, or you can use a, a different kind of cane rum. Um, Ten cane is a great option for it as well. You are going to put it in a shaker full of ice. You're going to shake it and dump it unstrained into a double old-fashioned glass. And the traditional garnish for it is a mint sprig. So garnish it with that mint. This is crazy that we're speaking about this, but I this week just ordered some uh, almond orgy, which is the only thing I was missing. Fantastic! I went and uh, I couldn't find the traditional beach bum berry version, the latitude one. Really? I just couldn't. I, I couldn't hunt it down and get it quickly and easily and affordably. So I, I tried out the new the Lieber and Co version. How did you? I like haven't. It? I, tonight's gonna be the night. I'm gonna make some for me and my wife on our anniversary. Love it. But I have not tried. I, I, I assume most of the reviews say it's pretty good. Uh, I think most of the complaints are just that there's not much else you can use it with. Well, Lieber & Co. makes a fantastic mixer product. As you know, we do love their passion fruit mm -hmm. syrup, which is great. I've used their gum syrup. I've used their pineapple gum syrup. I think it's going to be great for you. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it is, how it, tra how it translates from the original to this, see if there's any real differences or nuances. Well, Orgy is a staple for any tiki bar, and if it comes to accessibility, I've used some off-brand Orgites that don't really have that full flavor. So Libra & Co., I think it's going to be the way to go. We're not sponsored, by the way. No, we're not. We're just well, fans of good good alcohol. We'd love to be. We'd love good alcohol. If, if sponsorships were to come, I would not turn them away. Never. We're just not trying. Really not, but I'm not just trying. it out there now. It's too much. I don't even have enough time to even, I don't know. 
expand beyond this. This is right. like our free half hour. I took today off, so we did a little bit earlier. Indeed. A- anyhow, uh, I feel like we need to talk about stuff out of the realm of of wrestling first, just in case there's some wrestling fans or non-wrestling fans who are listening to the show. You mean most of our audience? Most of our audience. And uh, for that, two shows uh, reappeared this week. First off, The Tick, which I was not even aware, even though I know we talked about it in a previous show. I forgot The Tick came back. So The Tick did come back. I thought we talked about it as if it was coming back. I don't know if we ever talked about it as a review that it came back. So the, we did. It's tricky, though, because so The Tick came back on Amazon. I'm going to slaughter his name. Pete Serfenowitz is the tick now, and he is a spectacular tick. Now, here's the thing. It came initially as Amazon's pilot season, because, you know, Amazon does a pilot season every year where they put a bunch of different shows up and see what sticks to the wall. Well, this initially got ordered for one season, and the season was a perfect season for a superhero show that is the tick. And it is so aligned with the comic and what the real spirit of the tick is. It's got like a lot of nice little nods to the cartoon, to the original Fox tick series. It's the perfect tick series if you're a fan of the big blue man. Now, here's the thing. One thing that Amazon isn't very good at doing is letting you know when their shows are coming back. So Tick tick Season 1 got broken up into two halves, and it took a little while for Season uh, 1.5, I guess, to come out. And they announced Season 2, but they didn't really say when it was coming. It came kind of out of nowhere. Like, I didn't even know it dropped. And I'm very much on top of my streaming programs, as you know. So I finally got to take a look at it because I didn't know when it was coming out. I only got to watch the first two episodes, and that said, I'm really excited about it. I feel like because the first season was a hit, you could immediately tell how much more budget they got to make season two. Like, right off the bat, you just know they're throwing money at it. This isn't a cartoon, is it? No, it's a live action. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I thought it was like the Tick cartoon. There's there's some nods to it in there, and now what's cool about season two is season one, they had one overarching villain which was the terror now season two they're actually introducing more heroes and more villains throughout the course so you're going to get a more robust rogues gallery for the tick and also more heroes for him to hang out with what's the tick from is it a that's i know it's not a marvel property i don't think it's dc property who did the tick dark horse no off the top of my head i honestly don't know who published the original Tick comic and who continues to publish it today. Uh, it's its own property, though. It's kind of like a, a weird riff on superheroes and the superhero genre in general. And it was kind of cool because for when it came it came out like such a long time ago, it was kind of like one of the first outside the box to do this, where you have, say, Alan Moore's Watchmen, which is a dark riff on what superheroes could and should be. This is dark in its own way, but a little more brighter, a little more fun, a little more tongue-in-cheek. Okay, we'll do a full review when the show, when, when you wrap it up. I might actually watch it a little bit, too. Yeah. I've been stuck right now, so it is, we are less than a week away from the uh, return of Gar- of uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. And uh, because of my surprise, tr- you know, I was trying, as I always do, to watch every episode again leading up, because I completely forgot what happened last season. Yeah, me and, too. And I'm trying to right now, but uh, that, the, you know, that tr- surprise trip to Chicago last week kind of threw me for a loop, so I'm behind. We're finishing up season five now. I got to get through six and seven. I know seven's shorter. I don't know if I'm going to pull it off. I don't know if that means should we wait and not watch the premiere or should I just like keep going? No, you should absolutely watch the premiere yeah. when it drops. Right? Here's, here's the thing. There's got to be an article online. Just, you know, plug it into no, the Google machine, no. which will tell you, hey, if you need to catch up for season seven, here's the episodes to watch. So here's what the problem's having really bad ADD oh. is that um, you're a completist. No, it's not even a completist. It's that I need to watch something three times to to understand uh, it. Yeah. Like some people go, well, what do you think of this movie that I saw? And I'm, I, I could have seen it last week. I've already forgot, you know, the main plot points, which is great in that I can watch a movie that everybody else has seen, that nobody else has seen, but I've seen. And it's like watching it for the first time over so again. It's kind of fun. I like that. Like how often, other than when you're your weird dorky self and watch a movie in the movie theater over and over again, I'm going to give that to you, do that because you want experience in the movie theater because you will never have that again unless you come over to my house, which you should be aware you could do. Um, well, well, not you. You and the, the our friends. Yeah. People we know personally. And um, I I feel that you um, you under, you you just seen see a movie once and that's it, right? I have a high level of retention. Really? It's I've had it since I was a kid, so I'm not much of a reader, you know, as you know. However, if I do read something, I can retain like 85 percent of it like that. My brain kind of works with that. I'm a bubble brain when it comes to other things, as you know. I. I'm kind of like forgetful Jones sometimes. However, if I read it, if I see it, I'll remember it. Like, you know, 
when see, I go my, to see a movie, I'll, I'll be able to like tell it to you verbatim. See, my knowledge of of eighties, early nineties, mid nineties punk rock is insane. Insane. I can pull out anything. Wrestling attitude era, I can do just about anything. Pound on. for pound, I would put you against anybody. But I can't. I can't do movies and TV shows because I have to focus a lot more. Plus, back when I used to watch wrestling, I'd watch it all the time. When I was when I'd come obsessed with something, I become truly a hundred percent obsessed with something, and I need to. Um, I need to, you know, I I need to know everything about right. it. I dig in deep. With movies, I'll enjoy a movie, and I'll, you know, I might read a review or something, but that's about the end of what I do. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I need to watch TV shows often, and I do need to rewatch them before a new season stops starts because I can barely remember what happened. It's also hard too because so much stuff comes out now, and there's it's become so accessible with everything. I, you know, growing up, we had. Channels 2, 4, 5, 7, 9, 11, if you were in the right area for it. And if you are a family that had cable, you had maybe like three cable networks that were showing original product. Otherwise, it was just all reruns and syndication and then HBO if you had HBO. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, shit, you have multiple shows coming out on Hulu, multiple shows coming out on Netflix, multiple shows coming out on Amazon. You have access to Showtime, Cinemax, HBO, epics like everyone is putting out new stuff so it's hard to keep up i do but for the most part like most people can't yeah i i especially with game of thrones uh, anything past the first five seasons you know i read the the first books so i know a little more about right. those but that the last two seasons there's not much i know about there's a billion characters and there's that too and you know that and some of them have weird the names uh sabrina the teenage witch is back so the chilling is that a full season so here's how they did it Right. They broke season one up into two parts and season part one of season one was 10 episodes. They did a Christmas special and then they did part two. So 20 episodes in total. I kind of after watching the entire thing, I can see where they were coming from with wanting to split the season up. And in, in a lot of ways, because uh, the way they produce a Riverdale, or they produce most TV shows now, you get a mid-season break where you're only going to get so many episodes and they're going to chunk it out to you. And, and I do in a way appreciate that because it kind of gave me the ability to watch the first 10 episodes and absorb it, watch that Christmas episode and get psyched for season two, then watch well, no, the second half of season one. But it's just actually one season, 20 episodes in total. I like it. Because no season should be twenty episodes in total. Well, most network television shows are twenty well, to twenty. And that's episodes. why most network television sucks. Right. And that's why I find shows on channels like AMC, shows like FX, uh, HBO, you know, when they have a run that makes that isn't geared towards advertising and more geared towards the total story, it makes right. more sense. I don't know why Netflix would have ordered 20. Are they half-hour episodes? No, they're full hours. Yeah, that's weird yeah. that they would have ordered 20 as a full season and not two halves of 10. So, or two two seasons of 10 each. And that's the thing. They, they honestly, after watching the entire thing as a whole, they could have actually called it two seasons right it could have been completely broken as two seasons because the first 10 episodes actually tell a pretty complete story with a semi cliffhanger the christmas special which i think is cool because they do a similar thing with a lot of like you know doctor who does the christmas special the new year special whatever it ends up being where it's a standalone story that kind of connects what came before and what's about to come after and season the second half of season two was its own story and it's a different chapter of the story so i kind of have a thought where i think 13 episodes is the perfect amount a season should be i mm -hmm. think 13 episodes if you can get it done in 13 episodes it's all killer i no see killer. I, i'm not going to disagree with you but i'm going to argue against you okay i believe it should be whatever it takes to get the job done right and that's why shows like true detectives were great at eight eight that's why i believe some of the marvel properties when they were on netflix should have been eight and they dragged on too long going to 10, 13. I don't remember what it was, but it was long enough where I got a little bored in the middle. I think Fargo works at what it works at, which I think is uh, it's all over. The, you know, sometimes it's 8, 9, 10. I don't remember. But, uh, you know, shows like that where it is what you need to get the job done right. is how you should do it, not shoehorn in X number of episodes to, I don't know, drag it longer, maybe more happy. 
So what do you think the the, uh, the headhunter sweet spot would be, 8 to 13? I don't know. Again, it's it's completely based on what – like, look, no, the argument. another argument is Game of Thrones. Right. They offered them as many seasons as they want to finish it. They offered them two full seasons of 10 episodes, and they turned it down and said, no, we can do it in, like, 16 or whatever it is. The final count is 16 episodes right. in two seasons over three years or that weirdness there. But, and, but my argument is having watched those – the first five seasons build up very strong. Five, six seasons build up very strong to the point where they're they're slowly building everything. You're building to a crescendo very slowly, much like the books, introducing characters, lots of little dialogues that they either added to the TV show or that they've um, uh, included from the books that maybe weren't necessarily important to the TV show, but it just helped flesh out the characters. I get you. I feel in the last two seasons that, or the last, yeah, I think it's been like the last season and a half. Uh, they have rushed stuff, and it bothers me because they could have actually used the extra episodes to have made it feel less forced. The the you know they get from point A to point B in the past it would have been over the course of episodes. Now it's in like seconds yeah. between scenes. Uh, I just feel very rushed, and I, I I wish I could know more. Hopefully one day the backstory will come out because I do feel as a budgetary thing. I feel like they said you can have two full seasons, and they're like we would rather have the budget for two seasons, but give us sixteen episodes so we can use the budget for some big money scenes. Yeah, and I know some of the episodes in the final season will be an hour and a half. They'll be pushing the line. Oh yeah, definitely. I just I, that's a situation where I think they could have used the extra episodes just to embellish the story a little bit, to embellish the dialogue, just to tell a more holistic story similar to the first four, five, six seasons where it was done like that. So, do you think? Because let's be realistic here, he's not going to finish the books. He, let, you got to, you got to really. Yeah, I, I think that. You want him to finish the books, George R. R. Martin. There is no way in shit. I would bet a hundred dollars right now that he is not going to finish these books. That said, once Game of Thrones wraps up, would you be happy if knowing that George R. R. Martin is not going to finish the books, if he at least says, okay, so here's what they did in this series. Here's what I had planned for the stories. No, no. I think it should just die with him. Yeah. If he does die, if what you're saying, if he can't get that. Now, look, I have said in previous episodes, I think the that was very upset that I'm pretty certain at this point the TV show is going to become canon. Yes. Because if he dies, he doesn't get those two books done, it's going to become canon. I don't know what he's doing. We've heard a lot of bullshit from him. Like, he's looking to do, like, ten books now. He's doing, like, look, you've you, it's taken you. The last book came out before, right before the first season came out. Dude, so the last book came out... Like nine years ago, eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. You remember they skipped a year too. So yeah. it came out a very long time ago, and that's how long. He's like 70 or something like that. He's pushing it. it. It's challenging. It's not like Stephen King who was like, I'll finish the Dark Tower eventually, and then got hit by a truck and realized he had to do it. The thing about Stephen King is, is he can pump out a book a year, if not yes. more, including all the other shits he does, because he can do Entertainment Weekly columns, and he can do short stories. He can do shit with his, with his son and, 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 and do screenwriting for these things and approve the movies and all this stuff. Do you know why he can do that? Because Stephen King is amazing. Yeah, and Stephen King is also is also around the same age, I believe, as George R. R. Martin. I think he is like in his early seventies, if not like something something around there. Right. He's he's younger than we think he is. And, and not saying in any way, shape, or form that an older person can't do any of that shit, but like there's a certain realistic realistic kind of idea there's that there's a better chance you're gonna die over forty than before forty. Thank you. Happy fortieth. Thanks, buddy. How's it feel? It's a little tough. You haven't heard anything hurt yet? Oh, dude, getting up every day, I'm like, what the hell happened? So during WrestleMania, I uh, my legs started locking up for no reason. I had to get up and stretch my like my my uh, whatever the hell these are uh, under my quad is your glute. Yeah, my glutes were just locking up on me. Too. Me. Locking up. Oh man, I mean, part of the t well, we'll get to WrestleMania in a minute, but part of the reason why I kept like getting up and moving around was because it was like kind of like tightening. And we were there forever. So Sabrina, I highly recommend it if you. Are enjoying Riverdale? Imagine a story where it kind of doesn't kind of go off the rails. It kind of sticks to what it's about. There is an arc for every character. The characters grow and end up where they're supposed to end up. It is still satanic as fuck. So if you have a problem with the old devil himself, you might want to steer clear of Sabrina. It's on Netflix right now. Go watch it. Yeah, I'm excited. I will definitely start that probably once I barrel through these uh, Game of Thrones episodes. I'm also watching Friends at Work. Uh, Andrew Testa and Howie Waterman recommended I watch Billions. 
I heard that's awesome. A show that like I wouldn't on paper probably wouldn't watch. It's about rich people being rich and like being evil and rich. Um, but in a modern evil and rich, it's like peanut butter and jelly goes good together. Yeah, but it's like a modern way. There's a lot of like insider trading stuff. It's one of those type stories. Wall Street. Yeah. The, the problem I have is it's Showtime, and Showtime I feel does a miserable job of shows that are great. When they fi- catch on, when something catches fire on Showtime, Showtime won't kill it. Right. The, again, same problem before. Uh, not just uh, how many episodes a season, how many seasons in a catalog is another big thing. Yeah. And I feel that Showtime, be it Dexter or Homeland or, you know, I don't know where Billions is only on season four right now. I don't know where we're going with that. But they don't know how to let something die. Homeland should have died after, like, season three. And and Dexter should have died after season four. And they didn't even kill Dexter off. Nope. And they're bringing him back. Yeah. And so this show stars the guy from Homeland, the ginger guy. I'm blanking on his I don't know his name. But he's the main the main ginger of all gingers. He's like head ginger once, you know, ginger guy. Uh, he's in it. And there's actually a, there's a lot of there's a lot of famous like B level guys. Well, I'm not reviewing it. I would have prepped for it. Anyway, I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm almost through uh season one. I I, I am enjoying it. It's Good. available on shut if you have Showtime online or anytime, their app, you can get it from there. You can also get Showtime through Hulu for eight bucks a month. Exactly. And it's really uh you know, or if you have Spotify, it's free, but I think you might have commercials. Yeah, you know what? You learn to live with it. It's free. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing billions. I'm doing, and I'm doing uh, Game of Thrones. And between all that and all the wrestling I'm trying to get through, yeah. that's where I'm stuck with TV right now. Yeah, it's a lot of wrestling. So we finished a long week of wrestling. You way more than me. Oh my god. Uh, sadly, my uh, my my having to launch 5G curbed my ability to do some of the fun stuff. I'm really upset. I missed Rev Pro. You went that. Oh, my God. Very upset. Obviously, I wasn't able to get you tickets to any of the GCW, Joey Janela stuff. Though the ones like I could have, it started at midnight, and I'm just too old to do midnight stuff. Yeah. Talk about talk about Rev Pro. You start out. Let's start out first. Well, with first Rev let me Pro. start off with, with what I went to first. Slumber Party Massacre, AIW Wrestling. Wait, wait. You went to something before Rev Pro? Oh, George. Yeah. Thursday night, I went Okay, to- we got it then. Or let's regroup. Right now, we're, we're, we're live brainstorming this because I do yep. not want to go horribly boring. No. Nope. You are going to pick your best things of each thing you went to. Already Because I really thought you only went to four things this weekend. <sighs> okay. Three things. So, started with Slumber Party Massacre at the White Eagle Hall in Jersey City, the collective, uh, which GCW built a great set of shows around. All weekend long at the White Eagle Hall in Jersey City. Kicked it off with Slumber Party Massacre for me. And I went to that the show. First show I went to was 11 p.m. on a Thursday night. It was awesome, packed to the rafters. The two matches that, well, three matches that stood out the best: uh, Otani versus Eddie Kingston, which was amazing; Hornswoggle versus Scott Steiner, which is as ridiculous as it sounds; and uh, Mans uh, versus uh, Nick Gage. And I mean. To see wrestling like this in a venue that I've played and a venue that I go to shows at all the time in Jersey City was nothing short of amazing, and I hope they keep doing it there. Uh, Definitely, they were not allowed to jump off the balcony, and they definitely were not allowed to light anything on fire. Otherwise, anything went, and it was my first foray. I know I've said in the past that I've not gone to like a GCW show because I get a little squeamish around all the blood and the light tubes. However, this kind of got me over the hump, and I think I'm ready to kind of dip my toe in that water, so that was awesome. Friday. <laughs> Friday, I got up at like seven o'clock in the morning after going to the show till two o'clock, and I went to WrestleCon in New York, which is awesome. Now I've been to Starcast and Starcast was great. WrestleCon is next level. WrestleCon is so well organized. So it's like Comic Con for wrestling nerds in a hotel. In a hotel. Yes, exactly. What is the smelly factor? It the whole place I was getting about to get to that. The whole place smelled like a fart all day. Like it, it was like you kind of become desensitized to it at a point where we met my friend Don Becker there, friend of the show Don Becker, and we left the building at one point. And the you know New York kind of stinks on its own. However, it was refreshing to smell New York City after being inside of that hotel all day. So WrestleCon was great because it was a decent amount of vendors, but it was all wrestlers you know all levels of wrestlers like bret hart was there i got my picture taken with the four horsemen which was amazing it was the four horsemen jay day dylan great photo uh, i met the rock and roll express there and i actually in the photo they're like oh here where are our wwe uh, hall of fame ring so i got to wear a wwe hall of fame ring taking a picture with the rock and roll express uh i touched joey ryan's dick for 30 bucks and took a photo how did with that, that feel 
it was amazing. Was it uh, cushioned? I heard there was protection. You know, did it feel like there? You were? T- did he warn you beforehand? You know, I, I'd imagine it, it was like shaking Superman's hand if Superman's hand was his dick. Uh, thankfully, though, I wasn't in attack mode, so I didn't get flipped uh, or anything like that. It was it was gentle. It was loving. And what was cool is while this convention is going on, they are doing all shows in the ballroom. It was the Hilton Midtown Ballroom. And it is one of the best places to see a wrestling show. So I started off early at 11 a.m. with U.S. versus the world. And my big show, my big takeaway from that was I finally got to see uh, the Hart Foundation, which as they were this time, it was David Boy Smith Jr. and Teddy Hart. And I got to saw the cat, which was amazing, versus LAX. See, now you're doing this thing where you're not slowing down and telling us the story. I'm excited. First, we want to hear about the ring. I heard you almost got a Hall of Famer's ring stuck on your hand. I did. So when I took a picture with the Rock and Roll Express, I'm, they're like, oh, wear the ring. And I was like, ah, oh, no, no, no. And they're just like, here. And he just slipped it right on my finger. And I'd imagine it's like the moment that Hal Jordan gets the Green Lantern ring. I felt so powerful. It was majestic. And my one thing that is flashing in my head when I was telling him, no, no, I'm not sure, was that my fingers were probably going to be swollen and I would not be able to get this guy's ring off, and then I would get murdered. So you might have fatter fingers in a Hall of Famer. I definitely have fatter fingers in a Hall of Famer. That is so scary, because I've had my ring get stuck on me before. And they're like, all right, cool. So I took the photo, then I immediately try to get it off my finger, and it's like one, two, and then I'm like, I kind of wiggled a little bit in three, and I kind of ripped it right off my finger. And I was like, never in my life so nervous to have a ring stuck on my finger. So we're going to stop you for a second now. We need only these type of stories. Yes. Your excitement right now is so exhausting that you don't even know it. I am So excited. we are just going to talk about weird shit. Yeah. And, and, and trending shit. And just like shit that you are 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 that left you both frightened and excited about. Okay. I want to know about the cat. The cat was trending on Twitter all day Friday. So why does Teddy Hart bring his actual giant fluffy cat with him to the ring? Well, first off, it's Mr. Magnificent. Did you meet Mr. Magnificent? I didn't because I had a moment where I knew I was gonna be there all day. And knowing that I'm allergic to cats, although I will say, as I've gotten older, my allergies, I feel, have changed because I've been around cats a lot. I'm, I'm better. However, I didn't want to push my luck because I knew that that would be the minute my eyes would get all puffy and I'd want to die if I touched the There's cat. There's no chance that this could be because you're not allergic to cats, but you're actually lactose intolerant. I've heard it both ways. Either way, uh, the cat was magnificent. The cat is perfectly trained. He puts the cat in the turnbuckle. They do their entrance and... The cat just kind of hangs out, and then they, he gives the cat to the his handler or somebody, and they bring the cat over to the back. Uh, it was a great match. I was psyched to finally see LAX and to get to see the Hart Foundation. And I got to see Brian Cage wrestle like three times uh, over the course of the day. And Brian Cage is huge. And I've seen Brian Cage wrestle before, a dude kind of his size. I got to see Brian, Brian Cage wrestle a dude who was my brother's size and uh just ragdolling him i've never it's like he was like wrestling a dummy hambone yeah i does the cat give him his powers does the cat give teddy hart his powers i don't know i mean maybe maybe he got scratched by the cat he had like cat like powers and he landed on his feet every time he like fell or like maybe he has nine lives what do you do for 11 hours at a, at a wrestling convention um so what do you do for 11 hours at a wrestling convention? So you go and you get your you wait online for like an hour to meet the four horsemen and then you walk around to some other tables and you do a couple other little meet and greets and then you go and try to find something to eat outside of the Hilton because the food there is so expensive. And then you meet up with your buddy Don and then you go to watch a wrestling show. And then you leave to go find something to eat and then you go watch another wrestling show. Then you leave to go find something to eat and then start drinking because you don't want to start drinking early because you got a long day ahead of you. And then ultimately you end up at the Joey Ryan penis party, which was the most bonkers fucking thing I've ever seen and experienced in my entire life. Like funny, weird, and also good wrestling. So I was at, this is where I pick up. Yes. I was at the Joey Ryan penis party. Yes. I, uh, those are, those are, 
I just want to let it put it out there that I had a wonderful time because you had a wonderful time. I had a blast. That said, it was the worst night of wrestling I've ever been to in my entire life. George. Possibly. I was trying to think of what was weirder wrestling I've been to, and I have been to West Orange High School uh, wrestling to see <laughs> Danny Doring versus Amish Roadkill. That said, this was possibly one of the toughest events to ever sit through in pound for pound in terms of wrestling. This is a situation where you realize, you truly realize what separates the WWE wrestler for the, from the bottom of the barrel independent wrestler. It was, I mean, it was so rough in terms of, in terms of like sports entertainment, I get it, but they're drag, dragging a line in sports entertainment that didn't need to be drawn. Like, we did not need to have Tracy Smothers, a yes. former ECW wrestler back in the day of old ECW, versus a female wrestler who is very popular, whose name I'm blanking on. It's you're gonna have young, to help. You got to help me here. I'm going at this as someone who doesn't know a lot of these characters. He fought her by basically walking around the ring in a Confederate uh, flag, yelling homophobic and and racist epithets that over and over again. So terrible. She gets no real move in. And then he wins. That's so, okay. So that was the only match I kind of had any problem with because I thought, okay, so here's the thing. No, in the end of the day, he's gonna say all this really dumb shit, and then we're gonna she's gonna get her comeuppance or like something's gonna happen. And it didn't, and that kind of felt made me feel weird. So I had to go and get another beer. Lots of times I felt weird during this. So many times I felt weird. The women's sadly right now the WWE has locked down pretty much every great female wrestler right. in the market, and we had a women's tag match that was so off the rails. And so poorly paced that I wanted to just cry. They were going for some weird, like, poor Allie. I mean, I know she tries, but at the end of the day, she's a, she's a former Impact Knockout. And the Knockouts are kind of like B-list diva types. Oh, with funny. the exception of maybe uh, the the champion right now. Ty Valkyrie. Yes, basically, with the exception of her, that match just dragged on forever. And it never started firing on any cylinders. But that doesn't even get to some of the weird shit we saw. Oddly enough, my favorite match of the evening was also, I can't even explain it. We saw men take down their pants and do ass to ass. Um, what do you call that chamber garbage chamber? You know, with compression. Uh, just, just going ass to ass for like eight minutes uncomfortably while people's faces were being rammed in it. Look, I get it's a penis party. So did it's just, well, hold no, on no, 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 no. You got to stop first. No, yeah. I got to go. You went for 10 minutes. I can go a little bit. I was bit. very excited. Here's the thing. Like, I get that it's a penis party. I get Joey Ryan's stick is like, you know, he flips penis people with his dick. What I didn't realize was that this was going to be a gimmick pay-per-view or show that is going to be largely just based on people with dick gimmicks. I thought it was going to be more like, oh, hold on. We got someone dialing in very quickly. Uh, we got to take a break for a second. Christopher Bueller, thank you for joining the show. Oh, hey, buddy. How are you doing, What's sir? Up, we, Good, uh, how are you? I was calling because Hambo previously mentioned to me how he gets very offended by people who uh, break light tubes over each other. As Not offended, so squeamish. As someone who has allowed me to break many a light tube over them, I wanted to see how painful you actually found it, and maybe Hambo could handle one on a later show. No pain at all. As long as you're not doing the head. If you do the back like you used to do, you're fine. You yeah. don't feel anything. So, Bueller, my, my thing was squeamish because they would get hit with the light tubes. Fra fragments of the light tubes would end up in the ring, and then their body parts that are exposed would get rubbed in those light tubes. And I get, like, that ow feeling that I get from, like, watching, like, people, like, stub their toes, except it's worse because light tubes. I'm the same way, to be honest. I don't like that stuff either. But in the setting that me and George were at, it was totally fine. I, I just want you to listen. So so Chris, I, I chose poorly. I chose with the love of my of my of my best friend here, Hambone, over uh, my brain and went to uh, Ryan's Joey Ryan's penis party instead of the GCW show you went at. Did you enjoy your uh, your spring break? I loved it. I loved every aspect. Of it. It's everything I wanted in a wrestling show. How how bloody was it? Like for us, that are afraid of blood, or not? I I don't mind. I mean, the AIDS thing, um, you know, it's kind of scary. But Hambone's afraid of it. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. Like the guy, the the Japanese guy Takeda, who come in, who came in, he is this apparent legend, and he'll he'll do anything, literally anything. Um, and I think two seconds into the match, they hit each other with like the 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 bundle of tubes. Yep. And they were busted open. And then the grossest spot was a plywood plywood board 
uh, with scissors on it that he placed on Jimmy Lloyd and then ran into it and just like super kicked him. That sounds pretty brutal. That's, that sounds like attempted murder. Hey, how bloody was Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan? Uh, it, it was probably the most violent match I've ever seen in my life. They're invisible men, George. But wasn't one of them dead? Resurrected by Destro. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. I think I did choose poorly. We were just talking a little bit about the penis party. I saw um, two men take down their pants and trash compactor their asses together in the corner for seven minutes as people would drive other people's faces between their asses. And Hambo was trying to explain to me why this wasn't the best wrestling I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's DDT. It would, that match was a DDT Pro Battle Royale where the champion ended up being a uh, inflatable doll. Because, you know, DDT Pro, they're weird. And that was the best match of the night. But I would like to say pound for pound, the best sports wrestling, sports entertainment. Actually, I will go as far as say pro wrestling match of the night was Dave Arquette. David Arquette versus uh, Tim Thatcher. I will say because I feel that the Thatcher. Lucha Bros and, and Johnny Mundo, nay, Johnny Penis and Taya Valkyrie <laughs> phoned in that match. That match should have headlined and they should have went balls to the wall. And yeah. they just did all their spots and called it a day. And I didn't mind the match with uh, what's his name, the uh, the Chicago's favorite son, not named CM Punk, uh, Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana match versus the, the 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 that was a good match too. But in general, I mean, it was a pretty bad wrestling event. We'll agree to disagree, yeah. man. I had a blast. What did you enjoy the most about it? What did I enjoy the most about it? Well, I enjoyed that match with uh, the best friends of Cole Cabana, Tommy Dreamer. Uh, I thought that was a pretty fun match. Yeah, I don't. I having seen. The Lucha Brothers before, I definitely think we didn't get the full Lucha Brothers experience. I think they thought this was a joke and acted like it was a joke. Yeah, I mean, but that's the whole thing. You went to a thing called Joey Ryan's Penis Party. <laughs> I know, I like, know. You got know, exactly what you I paid know, for. But I thought it was going to be, you know how like Joey Donnell, it's, it's called Spring Break, but it's actually a freaking death match Well, no, thing. Spring Break 2, you have a battle royale where the dude from Weedis is playing Teenage Dirtbag while the... Uh, actual battle royales going on. You have a fight between two invisible men. You also have, you know, a cl what they call the clusterfuck, which is similar in some ways to like things that you saw at the penis party. Just, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's two sides of the same coin with less light tubes. You also had a death match between uh, Bill Carr and Dan Barry, which was pretty funny. I mean, that's it. You, I, again, you very, you ha for. very happy I went. Because you had a blast. Oh, I had an absolute blast. I probably needed as much alcohol as you had in you, though, to truly enjoy this show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I channeled my inner Bueller, and I went for it for the last like couple hours to, you know, get through a, like a twelve-hour day that I'd been at WrestleCon. And I will say that the the dick flip that went on that night, which was the human centipede dick flip, was majestic. So that was, was and that work. was a very cool <laughs> spot. And had that been what I, I I really thought I was going to a wrestling event that Joey Ryan was putting on, I the fact it was gimmicked. Towards Dick's up, like even Johnny Mundo with Johnny Penis, and his finish was him doing a like jerk off thing where he blows everything off. Like there was so much weirdness, so much. I, I sadly missed the uh, de our death match because I had to go find food because I was starving. Yeah, that's uh, true. that match was wild. By the way, I, I watched that match. That's the only match I've seen from the Penis Party. And I thought that match was awesome for guys that don't do death matches. The death match stuff, right? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> but but David Arquette, you know, great to see a champion. I was hoping we'd see him in the clusterfuck battle royal over in uh, WWE on WrestleMania. But, uh, you know, that, that's where it's at. Uh, you did nothing on Saturday, Hambo? On Saturday, I watched Sabrina, the new season of Sabrina in its entirety because I was so spent from the two days before. Chris Bueller, what did you do on Saturday? Oh, I recovered too. I, I we we got back at like two thirty, and I was I was spent, man. Yeah, I mean, I got offered a ticket for Spring Break Part Two, but I was like too spent, and I knew that WrestleMania was going to be a gauntlet the next day, so I wanted to make sure I was ready for it. So we did, yeah. I pretty much just kind of. I was about to buy the. Um, I was about to buy the the pay per view. I was gonna get the New Japan pay per view. Yeah. And then decided against it, thinking maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily need to do that, uh, because of various reasons. Least of it being Endzone Cash showing up, and I was really enjoying the. Um, I was really enjoying the the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Which uh, I guess you can go into that a little bit, Hambone. We saw. Uh, we saw. We saw Bret Hart get attacked by some crazy lunatic in a Rasta outfit. Yeah, who's probably regretting that very much. What 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 makes people do things like that, Chris? I I, I think he was just a lunatic, man. You look at, look at his Twitter account. He was a, a bizarre dude. He, he, he just, was, he was super out there, man. upset that the women were headlining WrestleMania. And when they asked him, well, why did you attack Bret Hart? He goes, well, it just felt like the right time to do it. 
Like, he just wanted to get on stage at some point, and he did. And Lord only knows, this will probably be the last time they put the stage on the floor at Hall of Fame. Wow, that was so weird. If you are watching the Hall of Fame, I just go and just pretty much Tori Wilson and DX are the only things really worth watching on there. Right. Bret Hart, it's worth watching to see this happen and how they handled it, even though they probably edited all that out now yeah. from the follow-up. Because, Chris, live, they actually did cut away, did and, show it? and then they cut back. To a wide shot, and then they realized, oh, it's really bad. They, they they cut to a wide shot where they were showing people beating people, and then immediately cut to the crowd, and it was just weird reactions of the crowd. Yeah, very no. very strange. I have a feeling yeah. all that's probably gone now. I, was, I, I heard I heard at like at like midnight they they had already cut it out. Yeah, I heard from all all the like immediately. I will say though, at Mania, uh, Dash Wilder got a standing ovation <laughs> when he hit the ring. Uh, it was that, and it was I was wrong. That was not Teddy Hart that beat the crap out of him. It was actually Harry Boy, uh, Harry Smith, yeah. who beat the crap out of him, which was, you know, I, I, I didn't really realize that. Chris, thank you so much for joining the show. I'm going to let you go now. Is there anything else you'd uh, like to add or anything else you want to share with the people? Uh, I thought WrestleMania was entirely too fucking long, um, and but you know what? Rock on, guys. I'm glad you guys had fun. We're, we're going to get into that later. I feel that if you're actually there, it goes by a little bit faster, but I could completely imagine what it's like sitting at home just Jesus. watching it. Yeah. All right. Take care, Chris. Talk to you guys later. And that was Chris Bueller. Uh, so Joey Janela's Joey Janela, Joey Ryan's Pete Party, what was your favorite thing about it? Uh, my favorite thing about it was the the top match, which was the actual Joey Ryan mixed tag match with Joey Ryan, Sexy Eddie, and Val Venus, of all people, versus uh, Scarlett Bordeaux. The session with Martina, who I've been dying to see stateside, and uh, what's the other girl's name? My brain is like blanket right now. And uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Another woman. I feel the the Joey Ryan penis party set back the Me Too movement maybe by a decade. Oh, Priscilla Kelly. No, I, I don't I don't feel like that at all because like the girls completely own that match. And they actually did a thing where, you know, the penis druids came in and then later on we got tampon druids and it was just fun, man. Everyone's having it. the thing the thing about Joey Ryan is the thing I love most about him is because he does in a lot of ways challenge your ideas of what professional wrestling should and could be. And the whole thing is everybody is involved, everyone's psyched on, everyone's having a good time. And that's it. Like, I, I love professional wrestling most of all because I get to go and just enjoy watching these crazy spectacles. And there's nothing more crazy than going to Joey Ryan's penis party. Well, next year, there's supposed to be a Joey Ryan penis party, too. So wherever you're at, you should go. Absolutely. Uh, in Tampa, I believe, is where next week's thing yeah. is. So we were not at the uh, we were not at. Um, we did not go to New Japan. Nope. Our friend Don Becker did, so I'm going to try to call, call him in and forget his reaction to the Enzo and Cass jumping the ring and uh, attacking the, attacking, I don't know, I think the whole thing. Uh, Don Becker, you're on the phone with us right now. How you doing, Don? Hey, guys, what's up? Dude, we just wanted to quickly get your perspective on the Ring of Honor New Japan Masquerade Garden show. I feel like someone has to talk a little bit about it since it is such a major moment in wrestling history, a non-WWE program. <laughs> on MSG soil, and it sounds like it was a very, very strange show. I'm almost worried that because we've heard so little from you afterwards that it may have been strange from you too, for you too. It really felt like two different shows at once. The New Japan stuff was absolutely fantastic. It was note perfect, like you're sitting in Sumo Hall. They had the Japanese ring announcers. It was the same music. The, the Japanese ring announcer called out the time every five minutes, you know, the, the, the whole thing. So it felt very much like watching, you know, watching uh, Dominion or one of those shows. The ROH stuff was a master class in how to kill a crowd. Oh, whoa. And that stuff was first from what I hear. It was, well, I mean, it was, it was a little bit of a mix, but the ROH stuff was very heavy in the beginning because you had the Dalton Castle match versus Roosh. You had, uh, yeah, the, the, the four-way tag for both the IWGP and ROH titles. You also had the Jeff Cobb Will Ospreay match for the TV title and the never open weight title. So, and, and the Women of Honor thing and the Bubba Ray, uh, Bully Ray thing. Yeah, so it was a very, very heavy, very front-loaded card for ROH. All the stuff was in the beginning and all the really good stuff from New Japan was at the end. But, I mean, you have to want – you've got – this is their biggest crowd that they've ever had for a single arena show. It's probably their biggest TV audience that they've ever had. There's so much hype around this show and they've been hype building up since the summer. And they go out there – and it was a wet fart in a microphone. Wow. Yeah, that's how I feel about Ring of Honor on its own right now. I just feel like they've been so rated. Their talent roster has been so rated 
And so much has been like New Japan could continue without the the Gaijin guys from Bullet Club and AEW. I feel Ring of Honor really needed New Japan to be where they are now, and now they're kind of just floundering. Now, Don, do you think though that not having the Young Bucks, Cody, and Kenny Omega on the show, like, do you think that could have saved it? I think. Well, it's tough to say. I mean, Kenny Omega, I never thought of as an ROH guy. I always thought of him as a New Japan I'm guy. I'm sorry. First. I did not. Con- yes, I did not mean but, him at all. Kenny Omega is 100% a New Japan guy. Right. Sure. But, okay, so if, if you figure you had, you know, like the Bucks, Cody, and Hangman Page, you know, maybe you'd have Cody in, in Matt Taven's spot in the ladder match, and maybe that makes the match a little better, or at least if, you know, if it's not going to be Jay Lethal or Marty Skrull winning, maybe then, you know, having Cody Rhodes win the ROH title looks better than having, you know, a, a B plus player like Matt Taven as your world champion. Wow. But I mean, the, I don't think it would have made that much of a difference because the biggest problem was that all the ROH stuff was mid card stuff and their mid card has always been kind of iffy. Yeah. 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 And the thing is now b- because they don't have those top guys, you know, cause they've, they've lost Cody, they've lost the bucks. They're going to lose Marty Skrull probably in two months. Cause you know, he's, he's, he wants to go hang out with his friends. So now your main yeah, event program going forward right now is Matt Taven versus Kenny King for the world title. Yeah, yeah. not exactly star power there. Um, yeah, I don't want to spend $35 on that on Fight TV. Yeah, how about the uh, – okay, so the big thing everybody was talking about, like literally a half hour after Bret Hart gets attacked for real at the Hall of Fame, uh, find out Enzo and Cass has ju- have jumped the ring. I know this was not timed properly. It wasn't done on purpose. But, you know, Enzo and Cass, former uh, WWE garbage people. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I know you were drinking there, Hambone. I was uh, drinking. Jumped the ring. Uh, it looks like a work shoot. I, Hambone was like, this is real, George. I'm like, dude, if you look closely after they get beaten, quote unquote, beaten, I'm sure they stiffed them. Uh, they kind of get escorted out while they're giving them the middle fingers that would, you know, we saw what happened to the guy who attacked Bret Hart. He was out. Yes. He was he was legit beaten and in cuffs and out the side off camera, not uh, giving the Steve Austin double flip birds as they're being escorted out by by skinny security well, guards. At the time, I didn't see the other clips where they I got know. gently escorted Ge- out by and actually helped over the barricade by security. Don, what were your first thoughts? Like, what the fuck? Really? Really? I, I picture. No, I'm picturing Don Becker being like. Fuck, really? Like, this is how, like, the fact that New Japan's top card has Enzo and Cass doing some bullshit that's probably worked right now. How did you feel, Don Becker? Well, I mean, for like a a split second before Enzo jumped the railing, they they were working an angle for the IWGP belt, but Toriano came out and stole the IWGP tag titles, which is his thing. He's done that a bunch of times. I'm like, oh, Yano, the Sublime Master Thief is doing his thing. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, holy shit, somebody just jumped over the barricade and is beating up Jay Briscoe. And we're looking, we see like the shock of blonde hair. We're like, well, that, that's got to be Enzo. And knowing Enzo's history, we're like, he's trying to get himself over. But then Big Cass shows up and like the, the, the two of them from where we're saying, and I was pretty high up. They look like they were throwing wrestling punches. If yeah. this was a real fight, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Enzo to try and throw wrestling punches in a real fight because nothing. there's no reason to think that he's not thinking that way. But Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe are also throwing wrestling punches. And I'm like, if if this was something real, if this was an actual shoot, they'd be, you know, headlocks. They'd be yeah. connecting. Yeah. They'd be w- connecting. Security would have gotten there like that, and the, the thing would not have dragged out for three minutes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna give you one last uh, minute or so, Don. What uh what was your favorite thing about the New Japan show? There were three things. I loved seeing the great Muda. I, oh, I mean he's forty awesome. 40- He's 50 years old. He can barely move, but I can say I've gotten to see the great Muda Russell, which I never thought I would get to see. The Ibushi Naito match was absolutely fantastic. And it was really exciting watching Jay White and Okada go because it was a very good match. They're both fantastic wrestlers. And on Twitter, I was saying, you know, after the Ibushi Naito, I'm like, that may be the best match I ever saw live. And then an hour later, I'm like, no, scratch that. White and Okada might have been the best match I've ever seen live. So if people want to go back and watch it, just fast forward a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Skip skip through most of the the Ring of Honor stuff, but watch uh, watch Tama Tonga basically like throw the ROH tag team title in the trash and call out ROH for being a bullshit company. Awesome, thank you very much, Don. We appreciate it. We appreciate. It. Did you enjoy WrestleMania? I did. It took me a while to watch it because I wasn't <laughs> staying up till twelve thirty. But I I thought it was a pretty. Okay, paced show except for the except for the Triple H match. And 
Oof. One last thing. On a weekend where I saw guys dressed like penises and tampons in ring entrances, Immortan Triple H was the most ridiculous entrance I ever saw. Uh, I, uh, I I agree with you on that, though the internet seems to have actually enjoyed Triple H versus Batista. That seems to be a very popular match. I, I, watch I, I need yet. to rewatch it again, uh, but I, I agree with you. For us, it was a great WrestleMania. We're going to get into that right now. Thank you very much for joining us, Don. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah. So, WrestleMania. Yeah, buddy. And we were there. First we were time. There. First time ever at a WrestleMania. At WrestleMania 35. This has been a bucket list thing for me for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been to a WWE pay-per-view in ages. Like maybe since I was a kid. An actual WWE non-NXT takeover pay-per-view. Um, it, it was incredible. First of all, I just want to say, I know there were a lot of issues with the train. Dude, I think it was all because of the Yes, 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 that group that Adam Berg created. Right. Because they were telling everybody to take mass transit. Oh. And then mass transit just shit the bed. We got there literally. I, I Hamill was there at like 2. We got there around 3, 3.30. And it was still no traffic to be found hopped in our car afterwards we were luckily parked closer to the exit of the of the uh parking lot so we were able to get into the traffic a little quicker got home by in a half hour 45 minutes super easy took us an hour no problem at all i uh i was blown away by by the whole setup we got into the building very quickly it was like 20 minutes to get through security get on up it was very easy to find our seats nobody gave you grief from going to take photos closer to the ring it was just a wonderful experience wonderful experience all around uh we had a club section which i don't I don't know much about like sports and arenas. However, we were above an actual like little food court and a bar with tables and like separate bathrooms that we had access to just in our section, which made the event awesome. Yeah, we were able to get to bathrooms pretty easily, quick food pretty easily, quick drinks. Food. Uh, it was a great experience. I do recommend it. I mean, money's worth absolutely. absolutely. I think it was worth every cent we paid for those tickets. We had a very good line of sight dead center. I should have worn my glasses. That was my biggest thing. Ah. I didn't wear my glasses, so the ring was... I didn't realize how useless the ring was going to be for me. Usually uh, for movies, I'll ditch my glasses, but obviously that's a larger thing in front of yeah. you, not a smaller thing. It doesn't matter, because again, they always say that WrestleMania is not about uh, going to the show. It's not about watching the show. It's about being part of the show. Yes. And that's 100% what this was. And I felt like we were a part of it. Was, it was spectacular. The pacing, and we're not going to go through matches 100%, no. but um, the 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 pacing of the show I thought was very good. I think maybe the 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 I think the only thing I would have moved I probably would have put Roman and Batista uh, not Roman uh, Triple H and Batista second and then left Roman alone and I think that actually would have paced it properly. I think so. Uh, I, a lot of people were a little offended that the the Kofi versus uh, Dan Bryan wasn't semi main, but I think you really needed something to slow down a little bit because that would have been a lot. To go and and the women were great, but I think the Kofi Dan Bryan match was better. I think it just needed to be paced a little bit, and I, I feel the way they did it actually did work. Even though I I don't think they, I'm looking. I think Seth Rollins had it the worst. That match was like two and a half minutes long, uh, ring bell to ring bell. It was and, all entrance. And, and Seth it was all entrance. And Seth barely got any offensive in that match. He won the belt. Seth all the good guys won. So I think that's why this was such a great event for the most part. All the good guys won. And if it wasn't a good guy, it was someone everybody wanted to win, like the Iconics. We're good like, with it. There was. So much uh, positivity after many a negative WrestleMania, especially after the shit show that was last. Last year, I was this close to not going to WrestleMania this year. I don't know. You had to talk me into I it. I had to talk him into if it. If I actually, if I didn't get those tickets, those seats I wanted, that was going. my excuse because I knew we'd never get these tickets. Yeah. Somehow, I actually lucked out and got the tickets. Um, but that was, I was using every excuse in the book because last run WrestleMania was horrible. Yeah. Uh, this was not, this was great. We got to see the first ever women's headlining, uh, women, women's match headlining WrestleMania. Uh, first, and I got, we're going to, we're calling one person who hopefully will answer the phone. Actually, I'm going to do that right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're saying first hundred percent black man winning the, uh, WWE heavyweight championship. I will argue forever at the rock. Still should be able to win that. Well, we know that the WWE is great at creating their own narrative and retconning. So we're going to try calling in Harvey right now. Harvey is not. Which, how do you retcon The Rock? It's The Rock. Um, Harvey's not expecting this. We'll see if he answers. We are doing the show a little bit earlier than usual. Hey, Harvey, are you there? Yes, sir. Harvey, I know this is a surprise, but we're just calling you really quickly. We're doing our WrestleMania wrap-up episode a little early because I was off today, and I it's my anniversary. But I want to get an episode in. I need to know 100% first your feelings on Kofi Kingston winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Really? You have to ask? 
no, no. Really I know, but I want you. I want to know. We called Harvey. I literally was FaceTiming him during that match because and I, there was a two minute delay, so I was really worried he was gonna like hear him win. Oh my and, god! And talk about TV yes, yet? Yes, you really annoyed me there because like, why is he calling me? You know, so why I was I, calling you because we were I, drunk and excited. No. I know, but then I'm like, were you calling me because of the win or because you were happy about what was going on? That's what I was doing. Yeah, but yeah. It worked out, but so, it was fun. So how did you feel? I mean, I, I just want to let you know, I think both me and Hambone would admit that was the best match of the night. Match of the night. Match of oh, the night. Without, oh, without question. That was one of the best things I've ever seen in terms of wrestling. I'm not, I'm not the crying type, but if I was, that's what I would have cried. That was beautiful. Oh, it was so well done. You so fun. well done. And I, I, you got to admit now, seeing the long game, was it worth the wait? Have, now, I'm not talking waiting from 11 years. I'm talking about waiting the last few months as they've been doing this bullshit. Well, uh, yes, but that's not what the plan was. We made them do it. You're giving them too much credit. It's not like, oh, listen, we're going to make them wait. It was more along the lines, we have no choice. They have this dark-skinned brother that they want to put the belt on, and we have to do it, so let's drag it out. That's what that was. So, so there is a question I can only ask you as a black man. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I hear a lot of shit on the internet. I even just listening to radio shows about how this is a big deal because Kofi is the first uh, all black man to win the world heavyweight title. Uh, not the, not the, no, the WWE heavyweight, not WWE the world world heavyweight. Booker T has had, but I mean, I gotta argue that The Rock. I mean, I've always thought of The Rock. I mean, Rocky Johnson is a very black man, but black people seem to not count that. Is there a reason for that, or is it just people being idiots? You know what it is. You know, have you noticed that WWE doesn't even think he's black? <laughs> when they when they do the Black History Month thing, he's not really a part of it. No, you're kind of right. You're but right. They, they usually go yeah, for it. His they, father they... is a part of it, mm-hmm. but either you're hundred percent black or the WWE is pretty much like you know America. You know, well, I don't know. Forget that. You have to be one hundred percent black. You know, shiny like. Like lastly, black to be, you know, and if you're not, then you're a little bit questionable. Maybe they can claim you. But I don't know. The Rock, I think it because he's half Samoan, that I guess we treat it that way. But I don't know. I don't know. I didn't care. Uh, that it, it, it's <laughs> but always, to it's, me, Ron Simmons is the first. One. It, it's so, always bothered. Yeah. yeah, it's always bothered me. But I've never wanted. Obviously, I'm not in the place to argue that you know how black the Rock is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, I know Rocky Johnson's black. That's his dad. I felt it. But you know, be it what it is, Kofi Kingston is the champion right now. So cool. That was that was the match of the night. That was amazing. I watched it. My wife was down here, and she doesn't watch it. We watch wrestling at all. But she watched it for a few minutes, and she's like, oh, whatever. And, you know, she's just one of those people that just rips on it because it's wrestling. So we watched it. We saw it happen, and it was, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Well done. Great match. And I'm just – I after I saw Raw and saw what they did, I was scared for a second. Me too. They were gonna, yeah, they were going to pull the whole Christian thing, and I'm like, I have to officially get rid. But what they did was almost worse. But as long as he still has the belt, I'm okay. He still has the title. One last thing, Harvey, before we let you go. You yes, know, sir. Alexa Bliss, your your favorite, snapped her fingers and brought your least favorite out. Oh, my God. Worst magic trick you know, ever. Just yes, a, for, I decide to get, go back and get the network to watch this show, and five minutes into it. Hulk Hogan appears at the snap of a finger. Oh, how sad was that? Hulkamania was running wild. Well, well, Harv, I'll be very honest with you. The minute Hulk Hogan came out, I knew Kofi was winning because I'm like, there is no possible way they're going to roll Hogan out and then make Kofi lose. That crowd popped though, and there was and there was a lot, and there was it a makes lot. Sense. There was yeah, a. There, the, yeah. yeah, they figured this is the night we can do it because hey, we're going to put the belt on the black guy. Yeah. So hey, we can bring out the David Duke of the WWE. Nobody will mind. Yeah, there was there was a. I'll just tell you in the crowd, man. He comes out, and there was a lot of people of color with their arms folded, sitting down with, you know, just pouting like, great. This is how we start? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It I believe it. It was, very, believe it. it was very interesting, but that pop was huge, though. Yeah. That pop was huge. And the best part was Paul Heyman just cutting him off and going and cut that promo. Yeah. Which was, uh, <laughs> just so you know, uh, we loved this WrestleMania. It, live there, it was incredible. Yeah. Uh, the pacing was well. It was long, but we didn't, it didn't feel as long when you were there because you could get up and walk around and go get drinks. So it wasn't right. that bad there, even though I know at your house it probably was boring. Uh, the, <laughs> you know, Joan Jett coming out at the end was just insane. Super cool. Uh, the whole thing, Charlotte's entrance.
entrance, Joan Jett calling Rhonda and like Becky just having a plain old entrance. That whole thing was fantastic. I, I'm so glad. So it turns out, you know, there was the weird screwy ending where Rhonda wasn't pinned. Yes. That was a screw. That was screwed. From what I hear from everyone, that was a mistake right. on Rhonda's part and that they're not acknowledging it. They're just, they're just going with it because it, they're they're, it just feels it. good. They're going with it. Yeah. That was, what was it? What was it supposed yeah. to be? She, no, no. Runner's supposed to be pinned. One, two, three. She just messed up the pin. Okay. Her That's shoulders fine. were up. And is her hand actually broken? I don't know about that. But yeah. she, but her her shoulders were up at the very end. Yeah. And if you see the replay, her shoulders are up. But that's how she was supposed to get pinned. She was supposed to go down one, two, three with her shoulders down. She just accidentally lifted herself up. It was, I don't know. But they did not acknowledge. We were worried they were going to do the, oh, it wasn't real. Maybe they'll do it when she comes back to bring her back. Hey, you know what? Cool. But in that moment, everybody was happy. Yeah, you know they did the thing where if there's anything I've taken away from listening to like countless hours of Pritchard show, send him home happy. No doubt, no doubt. Can I say the one only thing I, I I know was all about the women, and I know this is women's revolution and all that, but the Kofi thing should have ended the show. It really should have. It was by far the best part of the show. It was by far that pop when he won, and that was emotional. It was real. There was yeah. black wrestling all around the world just loving it. It was awesome. You are you you, you are correct, a hundred percent. That was the better match, but the yeah. better story has been the women. I mean, that's been a long yeah. build. I no, guess. come on, this Kofi, as you said, I it guess. was a fluke. It was a no, fluke storyline. No, 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 no. This would have been a good story three or four months. Yeah. But they right. kept dragging it out. And I know the injuries came into play, and it's not WWE's fault. But it took forever to do this. It really took forever. It's and it's interesting star, because Charlotte was the star of that storyline. Both it was Charlotte to me. Yeah. Both stories were flukes, though. Like the Becky thing was a fluke. The Kofi thing yeah. was a fluke. And yeah. they just had to put a rocket on who you know, you know. I agree. I agree with you. I, I think the women would. I mean, the pomp and circumstance around the women just made it so awesome, and I think it worked well. I think again, I said it before we got on the air with you, Harvey. The Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins got the biggest screw job out of this. I mean, first yeah. first match, two minutes long. Nobody really cared. They fit. They helped him out a little bit on on Monday, but anyway, thank you so much for joining us today, Harvey. You take care, sir. Bye, Harvey. Likewise. Bye, bye, boys. So, what was your favorite thing about WrestleMania? Kofi. Kofi. You know, and like, listen, I, I I was here for the demon because I, I love Finn Balor and I was super psyched to see the demon entrance was amazing. I was super excited for Becky Lynch because I, I just wanted Becky Lynch to be the champ and to have that WrestleMania moment where she's she's got and I never would have thought she would have gotten both titles, but that was like a last minute change up. I thought that was great. But for like pure I love wrestling, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel yep. Bryan, the build up towards it for what it was, I thought was great. And when you kind of saw how it was leading, where they constantly made him go through the gauntlet after gauntlet after gauntlet, like really earning the title, I mean, there was no other way they could have went with it. So yeah. I was like psyched. So this is one of my favorite WrestleManias of all time, not just because I was there. I think it's definitely my top three, four. Easily mine uh, too. Very good. Um, I thought it was, if you haven't watched it, you should. This was a, it was a card on paper. It was very meh. Um, they decided to move all the slightly boring stuff to the pre-show, and then they turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, nothing was really bad in the pre-show. There was no nothing I was really shocked about. There's nothing I was upset about. Uh, everybody who won should have won. Uh, it was a great show. Everybody should watch it. I think if you have a chance to go to WrestleMania, you should. 100%. I think even if you don't get good seats, it's probably worth going because again, it's about the spectacle. It's not as much about the show. In this case, the setup was fantastic. We were in the lower bowl, on the top of the lower bowl, and we could see great. Uh, I know there is issues with line of sight with those poles. That's specifically why I had to be in that spot. Perfect Because if you're in ring corner, it's really bad. It's not even just the post. It's the whole lighting rig. And then it's uh, there's the lighting issue. Uh, definitely check out Randy Orton's tweet. Randy Orton's tweet summed it up perfectly. Yeah. Because it, it, I, I want to see that match. Because that was the one thing. The one match I actually didn't see, I couldn't see it. Because the lighting was so messed up in, our sec in most sections. They had this bright yellow light that blocked out the entire ring. So I missed AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I thought the crowd was fantastic. Anybody who said that the crowd wasn't very loud, it's because it's a stadium and all the sound goes straight yep. up. Seeing the pyro is magnificent. Oh, uh, fireworks! Yeah, it was weird that we got a very low-key stage. I have a feeling the AR was probably in full effect on TV, and that's why they're using We saw the AR cameras hanging right. in front of the Tientron. Um, also, it's a the, the stadium's a very tall stadium. It's not a very wide stadium. It's not a, a massive stadium, even though it holds a lot of people. So it might have been a situation where they couldn't put up a crazy set like they've yeah, done in the past. I agree. At, and I liked that it wasn't crazy. Yeah. I liked that it wasn't like Florida that one year where they had the roller coaster and all the other bullshit. 
it was like it's a it's a tight high stadium. Yeah. Uh, so I had a great time. Uh, every match was great. This whole week was awesome. NXT Takeover. We didn't even talk about because we weren't there. That was one of the best wrestling shows I've seen uh, ever. Like one of the best takeovers. Yeah. Check that out. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up right now because that is a lot of wrestling. Uh, next week we'll be back on to talk about all the usual fun things. Uh, Game of Thrones primarily. We might even bring some people in to talk about that. Hey. And uh, might even try get we're trying to get Ian on this week to do Pet Cemetery, but this dragged a little long. We'll bring him on next week to talk about that because yeah. I have thoughts. And you might even see Shazam between now. I'm and actually then. seeing Shazam uh, this week. Fantastic. Maybe yeah. you'd invite me to come. Oh, you didn't. I didn't. Horrible friend. Horrible, horrible friend. And I was really excited to go with you. Hold on a second. Let's kick it. I w- let's kick your music on and tell us how the kids can reach you. Horrible friend. I'm horrible friend. You can find me on Twitter at Handbreaker. I'm constantly tweeting about professional wrestling, Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, cute animals. I've been finding a lot of cute animals lately, and they're great. You can also find me on Instagram, where I primarily post everything at John Hambone McGuire. My adventures, my podcasts, everything in between. George, where can the kids find you? The kids can find me at GLK Creative on Instagram, at GLK Creative on Twitter, at cultofgeorge.com. My Instagram has been like, I've been steady. I've been getting all my my archive. I've been slowly getting the archive done. Can I just jump in real quick? Thank you. The archive has been fantastic. Yeah. The pictures that you've been posting today, you post a picture of the suicide machines. Awesome. I'm just trying to find shows that a lot of people haven't seen or yeah. don't even know about. Film Amazing. Fr- Film Friday is a thing. Uh, anyway, I am George. This is Hambone. This has been my Thai happy hour. Please make sure you rate and review and subscribe to this show. We've Our numbers have been up. Everything's been awesome. The live stream's been going great. We appreciate everything you do for us, and uh, we love you all. Hambone, take us out. Everybody remember, be nice. Aloha. Где же здесь сиротою было?